Well, we've got a series. The Denver Nuggets lose game two on their home floor. And now the Miami Heat have home court advantage in the NBA Finals. We'll talk about why it happened, the various bad performances, the question of whether or not you should make Jokic a score, what to do with 49% three-point shooting, uh, and more on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us, making us your first listen. Appreciate you guys being with us on whatever platform that you choose, whether you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or joining us on YouTube, recording this around 11.42 Mountain Time on Sunday night after the Denver Nuggets lose to the Miami Heat in Game 2 of the NBA Finals, 111-108. to 108. Series now tied 1-1, headed to Miami. Uh, we'll get today on today's show. We'll talk about uh, the loss. <laughs> we'll talk about what to do with the Heat's shooting and how to kind of process that. We'll talk about the questions surrounding Nikola Jokic and his assist total and the tactics thereof, about how Denver did and did not attack well in this game, about the balance of offense and defense. We'll get to all that, plus a whole lot of, oh boy, MPJ. Um, all that and more on today's show. I want to remind you that today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by Adam Mares. He's director of content over at DMVR. He's in the building with me tonight as the Denver Nuggets lost uh, Game Two of the NBA Finals, 111 to 108. So Adam, gonna have to ask you to keep your ass at the bar next time, buddy. Sorry, but you're uh, you're done with being allowed to attend NBA Finals games at Ball Arena. I enjoyed myself though. I had a good time. <laughs> a good time was had by Adam. Um, <laughs> let's start here. Um, I have three primary takes. Three, three, three primary takes. My first is that the Denver defense was horrible in execution and effort, which was echoed by Michael Malone and Jeff Green postgame. And the team knows it. They did not play hard enough in an NBA Finals game, and that has everyone extremely mad. Like, the players, the coaches, everyone's collectively mad about this performance because they know that they did not give requisite effort with a possibility to go to two wins away from an NBA championship on the line. Mm, mm. The absolute worst time for them to have one of these games where they just don't put the effort in and it hit like a ton of bricks in this one. Two, if the Heat shoot 49% from three, you're going to lose. And people are going to say, but they were uncontested. The average three-point shooter this season on uncontested looks in the NBA was 37%. Ah, but this is the playoffs. This is the finals. Okay, let's bump that. Let's bump that by 8%. You're still at 45%. You're still there. You're a shock about 49% shooting. If a team shoots 49% shooting in the NBA playoffs this season, they are 12 and 0. They're 70 and 9 over the last five seasons when a team shoots 49% or better from three. You're going to lose. They Period. did so three times in the regular season, and they've done so six, no, five times now in the postseason. So, I mean, yeah. It's it's a thing. I mean, I have to tell, I'm going to start with just saying I tip my hat to Miami. I think I just admire that team a lot. They're so yeah. tough. They're so disciplined. They're so smart. They do all those things and then they make shots sometimes. And I think a little bit more. I mean, we had a running joke, you know, with the Nuggets that 
everybody kept saying, oh, no, they'll never shoot like that again. The Timberwolves, they'll never shoot like that again. And of course, they kept shooting like that. And the Suns said that. People have been saying about Miami too. Like, oh, they just ran hot tonight. They're just, they're a team that is capable of making shots like that. And you have to be able to win the margins, which Denver should be able to. Yeah, they still had a chance to win this game, which is promising for them. Uh, I'll, I'll say that I don't know that you can go into a game with an expectation to win if they if they shoot forty nine percent. And then, like the answer is like we'll play better defense then. And I think that's that's absolutely fair to say. I think Denver's going to have to probably rebalance a lot of their stuff in terms of the amount of help. Like think about how how well Denver is defending the rim in this series. The Heat aren't getting anything, and I'm telling you, it's not from lack of trying. Like Jimmy's driving to the bucket and being like, "Crap, I can't get there." Turning around, Bam's like, "Well, I got to take this this open one because I can't get into the paint." Gabe Vincent's not able. Like, no one's getting to the rim. Like right. they had 11 percent of their shots tonight at the rim. Right. It was ridiculous. That's been Denver's weakness the entire year is their their rim defense, and it's been amazing. Well, but and, the thing Denver's good at keeping people away from the rim. They're bad when they get there, but Miami's not really getting there. So is it really testing them? Right. So they're not like challenging them to, to hit to they're trying they're not trying to hit contested shots at the rim. But my point here is like when a team is going to take that many jumpers and hit that percentage of them, your odds of winning just are are infinitesimal. I do think that like look, Miami did a lot of things in this game that were effective. Um offensively, even defensively, I think a little bit, despite Denver's 124 offensive rating. There is, I will say there is a little bit of smoke and mirrors there with the bench run. Um, they did. And in the fourth quarter, they did what they have done to every opponent, which we didn't think that Denver was going to do. It was like Denver, like all these other opponents just melt down and play badly and make stupid mistakes. And there's a sequence in the fourth quarter where Jokic makes a simple sideline pass to MPJ and MPJ just watches it sail out of bounds. Just like, whoop. He was, and he that, was this was this was this was his worst game of the playoffs by a mile. Yeah, we got we gotta save him for segment two. But like Denver did all those things that they have not done. They've had so much composure in these playoffs, they lost composure in the fourth quarter. You know, they got absolutely blitzed again and to start a fourth quarter. It's the second time in well, two games. All, yeah, I was gonna say, hold on, this is a two-game trend now. And by the way, Miami was a better clutch team than Denver this regular season and this postseason. This yep. was one of the things I said about the series going in was Denver usually has the clutch time advantage, and they may still in the series, you know, going forward because Denver's really good at that in the clutch, and they haven't been good now. And game one, we can kind of put aside because they were up 20. It's a little different when you get outscored. But yep. nonetheless, this is not a surprise. Denver has to execute at a high level on both ends of the court in the fourth quarter to be better than Miami in a close game. And tonight, they were nowhere near that, uh, especially on the defensive end. Um, and offensively, even in the fourth quarter, was pretty clunky as well. So um, I don't think this is one. There's a couple of things we can chalk up and say, okay, what things do we feel like Denver should feel good about? But one I'm not going to give Denver is that they will just outplay Miami by default in the clutch. That's not no. true. They're, they're, they're equal there. Yeah. Uh, and the, the Heat did a really good job, I thought, in the second half of like some of this is like, again, this is like what happens. There's a five minute delay as they're going over a clear path foul, which should have taken 35 seconds. Right. These stoppages break rhythm and momentum. And Denver doesn't play well like that. Denver doesn't play well in a stilted, ugly game. Miami wants these games in the mud. Like everyone's talking about like, Oh, then the nuggets only scored 108 points after only scoring 111 in game one. And it's like, look, the pace of the, the efficiency is there for Denver. They've scored extremely efficiency. 
but Denver's not at its best when these games are stilted and awkward and very disjointed and honestly a little slow. Like I will blame Denver to a degree for this is that through two games, one of my biggest criticisms, they are once again, and we talked about this all through the regular season. You've harped on this. They are getting into their sets way too late. They are into these sets with 16, 13 seconds on the clock versus executing at 20 seconds. Miami's doing a much better job of their, they're not always getting a shot up in 10 seconds, but they're getting into things a lot quicker and that gives you a lot more options. And I think the Denver is they're They're plotting a little bit too much. Did you know, do you know what the pace was of this game? 86.5. Yep. Isn't that wild? 86.5. It's like, that might be the slowest game of the entire year. And both um, of these teams play slow, but that's even by both of their standards. That's really, really slow. That does waste a little bit of your advantage, right? The altitude, the fact that they're coming off seven game, it does punt on a little bit of that. But I mean, that's Denver's MO. They've just done that all year. To me, this one came down to, you mentioned the defense. And I don't even think it was pick and roll. I think it was a lot of off-ball stuff tonight. It was a lot of the weak side. It was a lot of flare screening. And it was a lot of just like, where is Denver at in rotation? And they were late to things and it opened up. It created the chain reaction. I thought Jamal Murray was really bad on defense. I thought Porter was bad. And I thought KCP, this is the weirdest one. I thought KCP was really bad on defense. That's the one that almost has me shook. Because Porter and Murray, maybe they needed a reminder. Hey, it takes everything to win. I, the way you phrased it was so painful. They could have been two within two games of an NBA championship right now. Yeah. And it's like when you hear that, it's like, ah, don't let these things slip through your fingers. But KCP is the one to me where I go, that's a veteran player that gave up nine points on fouling great three-point shooters on horrible contests. Yeah, let's dive a little bit more into KCP on the other side. I got some thoughts on that, as well as I want to spend a healthy amount of time talking about Michael Porter Jr., who's a big storyline coming out of this game. We'll talk about Jamal. Let's talk about some other things coming out of this game when we return on Locked on Nuggets. First, I'm going to tell you about the 1 million daily Superflex promotion at Prize Picks. Every day of the NBA Finals, one Prize Picks user will receive a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern will be randomly selected each day, and whoever placed that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. Six correct picks equals a million dollars. Five equals 80,000. Four is 16 grand. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com million. You must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million-dollar entry, and once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily. Daily fantasy sports first time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, they're going to match that with $100. You put in 50, they'll give you 50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on locked on nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Monday. As I know it's probably hard after a loss like that. You don't want to uh, revel in it too much, but there's a lot to get into. Um, actually, well, we were talking about KCP, so let's go to let's go to KCP. I do have a, I have a key question for you about blame in this one that I do want to get your thoughts on. Um, so Contavious, I think there's a couple of things going on here. Um, he is the one guy that's at a size disadvantage in the series because he's winding up, winding up guarding Butler a fair amount of the time. AG's not on full time and he's getting banged in the post by Butler continuously. And that's actually like a little, he's given up some size there and he's getting a little bit tired. I think from that perspective, um, he's getting a little more worn down. The calls didn't go his way. 
I think that he made mistakes defensively, but I'm not sure that all of them were like, they weren't like brain dead mistakes. I think it was like he made bad calculated decisions. Which one is this? KCP. <laughs> yeah, okay. You disagree? Well, the foul yeah. shooting I thought was terrible. I'm okay, yeah. Right. So the fouls, that's a that's key. actual point. Think about it, Matt. They yeah. only had 111 points tonight. Like, yep. here, here's the thing about uh, uh, a single game offensive rating 129 for them. There was only 85 possessions. Mm-hmm. If you just assume they go one of three on those, you're lowering their offensive rating by 14%. Yep. Big it's plays. Big, I, those plays. I would totally agree that those, those, and those were definitely fouls. Like, he just closed out too hard on them trying to get a miss on him and like, got and I think he was rattled. Like he was, he was mad at the officials all night. And I think yeah. some of these came from like, Oh, he got a hit. He already took a dive, no call gets up and runs into a guy. And you're thinking, dude, calm, <laughs> stay, yeah, stay the, calm here. The you Nuggets got really frustrated with the officiating tonight when they've been really good about playing through that. Like they got through the Lakers series fine. And they really got, got bothered tonight. Um, Jokic was really upset with the three 50, um, 50 calls on the out balance plays that all went against Denver. That's a rarity. Mm-hmm. Um, the goaltending call is, is a whole other matter. That was a that's a ridiculous one. People are gonna point to that, and I'm just kind of like, I don't know, man. Like, it's one play, I get it, but like, that's a random play that is likely to happen. The 49% on a volume of three point shots is like a much more of like a random thing that occurred that is hard for you to to be able to get past. Um, I, also, I just want to say this one thing though: NBA players shoot 70% in practice. Games they obviously don't. The more a player is comfortable, the better they shoot. Sometimes it is just random. But I yeah. do think Denver made this game a little too comfortable. I do. I, mean, I, I totally agree with you. I'm not trying to say that this was like – that there was nothing that could have been done. If Denver plays a little bit better defense, they win this game. Like I'm with yeah. you on that. But yeah. my point here is – like the way I, I phrase it on Twitter and I actually really kind of – like this is how I want to kind of think about it. Denver could have won if they played better defense. Denver could have won if MPJ didn't play like he did. Denver could have won if some of those 50-50 calls will go their way. Denver could have won um, if Jamal Murray, if that three-pointer goes down at the end and they get to overtime, right? But that's how they could have that's how they could have won. They lost because the Heat shot 49% from three. But Matt, like, here's my thing. Here's the thing though. I just I can't take it away from the Heat. They beat the Bucks, they beat the Celtics. Every team said these things. <laughs> No, but Adam, and, and okay. but I, I, why I, I, didn't they come through? Why didn't they do this? I'm just saying Miami makes you uncomfortable. I thought Denver was very uncomfortable today. And yes, some of those things are if, 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 but Miami just finds a way to win. I, I just give them credit for that. Sure. But Denver should be able to control it, but I'm oh, saying it's going to take a mental overcoming of what it is that Miami does to teams. My frustration here is, is mostly in that that's sports. Like this is what happens sometimes is that guys just do this. Like, that's sports. It's not that it's unsustainable. It is unsustainable over a long enough period of time. But can it happen three more times? Yes. It can happen. Like, they can shoot 49% from three three more times. That's what they did. The Like, the question here is, like, what are the odds that they do it over a seven-game series versus the Bucks? Low, but they did it. What are the odds that they do it again versus the Bucks? Boston Celtics? Even lower, but they did it. What's the odds that they do it a third time? And what we what we do is we take it as like, well, they keep doing it, so it has to be sustainable. And that's just not how this works. Like, that's just not how it works. Like, this isn't their identity. This isn't who they are. That's not who they were last year. Everyone wants to point to last year's team. I've watched the Heat team. I know the Heat team really well. Like, that's not who they are. A lot of this is completely, it's just probabilities. The outliers have hit consistently, and over a long enough timeline, 
you're going to have one of these playoff runs where this happens. I agree with you that there's a mental toughness, but we, we tend to ascribe meaning because we don't want to accept that randomness. And I'm like, I can't get there. I can't work backwards and just be like, they made shots because they're mentally tough. I'm like, no, like they made, they made some shots because they're mentally tough, but they made such a high percentage so far above what you can expect. Some of this is just like, this is sports. This happens sometimes. Like that's it. It's just sports. Sometimes that happens. Denver could have played better. Could have won. But I think that when you're like, no, 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 this is who the Heat are. Bullshit. Nobody's like that. Like no team in NBA history shoots 49% from three in every single win, right? I think that Miami shot well because Denver defended very poorly tonight and they got comfortable. And maybe they got hot, you know, and like, again, even if Denver had the same effort, they might not shoot 49%. To your point, there is a variance yeah. even in That's good all shot. I'm saying. Oh, That's all yes, I'm saying. but again, Denver allowed that to happen. I think Denver has more outs, right? Like Denver has more ways to say, hey, if you guys, everybody plays their best, I still think Denver's the better team. Yep. But my point about it is this, Matt. Teams shoot better when the defense is disconnected. Denver was. Yep. Denver plays disconnected when their offense can be disrupted, when the game can be disrupted. Miami disrupts games. That's what they do. So I'm not I'm not saying there's a one-to-one correlation here, but there is a correlation that Miami constantly gets games to be in this level and they are more comfortable being successful. Now, could Denver have won even ugly? They won ugly in game one, Matt. That wasn't a good game from the Nuggets, and they won anyway because their margin of victory is large. But my point is Miami deserves the credit for making today's tonight's game ugly, and if Denver's going to win the series, they're probably going to be more in control and more comfortable doing the things that they need to do. Agreed. They took that away from Denver tonight, and I give them credit for being in position to be on fire from three. How about this? Uh, They got 35 attempts. That's a horrendous number. Like you give up that many threes and you're in trouble from the starting point. If you told me that the Heat got up 35 three pointers tonight, I'm like, you're already in trouble. Like yeah. to be quite honest with you, just even, so let's put it that way. Cause if we really want to like break this game down, this is honestly what happened. Okay. The Heat got up way too many threes because Denver played terrible defense and outlier performance from Denver's bench in the second quarter made this a closer game than it would have been otherwise. Like, the Nuggets had a 110 offensive rating with Nicole on the floor. That's not good enough. You and I know that's not good enough, right? So, like, you're absolutely right that, that Miami did things to the offense. I mean, that's what they had last game and they won. Miami did did things to the offense, and Denver's defense did not respond. Um, let's talk about MPJ because, like, he's a big talking point here. Did not speak with the media post game. Um, left without a smoothie, which is a rarity. Um, all throughout the season. I've asked the the veterans on the Denver Nuggets to explain to me why they can play really great defense at times and why sometimes they're so disconnected and what's the difference in that gap. Like, what is it that causes that separation? And it's actually, they don't say it's effort. What they say is, I think sometimes we suffer. They've said this over, and this is not one person. This is, there are four different veterans I've bounced this off of and they have said the same thing, which is there are times when our offense isn't working And we're not making or getting shots. And we tend to lose focus defensively. And I think that there are multiple players on the Nuggets that that can apply to. But I think the largest one is MPJ. Because I think the entire team has been committed to trying to get him to play like he did in the Lakers series. And in game one. And do all these things. And for whatever reason, in game two, he lost all of that. 
what you're saying here, though, man, is what I'm saying, which is, again, Miami gets credit for disrupting the offense, which then led to Denver losing their focus on defense. That's sure. what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I'm. Saying yeah, I agree. You, with you. You can, I'm not you disagreeing. Can, I was just moving that. to MPJ's discussion specifically. I know, yeah, you're right. What you're saying about MPJ is exactly the point I'm making. He's at the heart of this. Is that I give Miami credit for making Denver uncomfortable because here's the point. During the regular season, I bring this up all the time, by the way, that Denver's offense often fuels their defense, right? And that mm-hmm. alone sometimes can be so focused. Defense, even defense. To me, that's a regular season talking point. And that's maybe even a playoffs talking point at the right moment. The NBA Finals, what is – Eric Spolstra had the best quote after Game 7 of the previous round where he said, to get this far, you have to just have it in your head that you're here to suffer. You're just here to suffer. And if you go into things knowing I'm here to suffer – then you're ready for whatever task it is. And to me, there are things Denver can and probably should do to get Michael Porter going. And by the way, he got great looks at times tonight and just didn't make them. And maybe he would have had a better rhythm if he would have knocked down his open shots. What is he shooting in the play in the finals right now through two games? It's horrible. It's two three terrible three, games. Three of 21, I believe. That's, three that's, that's, that's insane. And he needs to take advantage of the limited options he has. But secondly, this is the NBA Finals. You need to know that you're going in to suffer. You're not going to get the nice open corner three. You're not going to run that play that gets you open all the time. You're going to have to score in the ugliest, most uncomfortable, grindy ways. And if you don't score and you don't touch the ball, then you need to go rebound and get in passing lanes and do other stuff. And tonight, I didn't think Michael Porter was the most egregious offender because sometimes when he's not shooting, when he's not scoring points and hitting buckets, like what is he doing? Tonight was one of those ones. He was not effective. He was late on rotations, including in the clutch. And he got benched tonight for Bruce Brown. And in my opinion, he got benched too late. I was watching the game going, get him out of there earlier. Like, he's clearly making mistake after mistake. And then you had, I thought, KCP, the veteran, was so surprising because he had a a similar thing. And then lastly, Jamal Murray, his defense tonight, I thought there were moments of defense tonight that as the leader of the team, one of the leaders, one of the two leaders of this team, you can't have those types of mistakes and expect your team to have your back. Like you I have to be able to meet them halfway and say, no, I'm also going to close out and control and move my feet and not just kind of swipe at the ball and turn around and be like, has anybody got me? They, uh, Jamal's mistakes are perplexing. Like Jamal is over helping one pass away on a strong side action where he's like stepping up into like, and maybe that's some of that scheme where it's like, we want to help on pick and rolls. If that's the case, then they need a shift strategy. Like Jamal's got to stay glued well, to the corner. Yeah. Like yeah. You, if you give that, you can't, you can't, you can't make that. Even if you're like, well, I'm only like a step away. That's how quick the heat's triggers are. Like we talked about this before the series that Miami knows when the ball comes, when they need to shoot and they will shoot it immediately. Like they will just fire. And th- those are those are in rhythm, high percentage looks. Like those are really great looks, right? Um, the ones you're talking about right now, though, you're making it sound like it was more corner. I actually think, and this was an adjustment that came in game one fr- from Eric Spolster in the second half, using the two top guys, meaning on the on the wing and usually top of the key, and spreading them as far as possible because yeah. Denver was stunting in on driving lanes. And tonight, one of the plays I think you're talking about, Jamal Murray stunts so hard from the right wing all the way to like the foul line and they just kick it to a wide open shooter. And I'm thinking, Murray, you're too far away for the stunt to make an impact to begin with. And now you're too far away to run. Like it was, it was literal no man's land. So it's those types of things. When Malone says discipline to me, that's what it is. What are you stunting 
when you have 20 feet to cover, if you're going to stunt, it doesn't make sense. Uh, the also Blanco says Brown, MPJ, and Mall all made similar the mistakes. Outrage is much greater at one of them. I'm sick of this. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. MPJ does not do what Jamal does in all phases of the game. Jamal is a primary leading scorer and initial ball handler for this team. He leads the second unit. He does a lot more, and his mistakes aren't as egregious. Christian Brown is a rookie playing in the NBA Finals, and quite honestly, he was fantastic tonight outside of one missed rotation on a, on a side three. Like, other than that, that is not it. I am sick of the idea that, that Michael Porter Jr. is getting unfairly like singled out in these situations, even if you want to say that it was that it wasn't fair during the regular season, which for the most part he played heavy minutes and was given a lot of, of leash and was heavily supported by the coaching staff and his teammates. Even if you want to say all that tonight in particular, you cannot say that it's not 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 fair. Jamal was bad. MPJ was worse. Yeah, no, I did the list yesterday and highlighted Michael Porter's good defense. Like, I mean, obviously, I'm a big Porter guy, but this was a terrible game. I mean, this was just a terrible game, and yeah. I. And I don't think it was just him. I do think he was the worst offender, yep. but Agreed. I don't think it was just him. I think this team had a little bit of, I don't want to say arrogance to him, but a little bit of a like, all right, regular season energy. What did we say of game one? It felt like a regular season game in Denver one, right? Yep. I thought they brought that tonight and Miami brought a much more focused um, and urge a sense of urgency, but more just focus. Like they knew exactly how they wanted to approach this game and Denver was on their heels and Michael Porter, I think chief among them. So, Look, man, it happens. I hope he bounces back. This is, we all wanted this, you know, a sweep yep. would have been fun, you know, like a dominant performance. That's what it's been to this point. I think it's good that Denver gets tested. I honestly think this be, acts as a wake up call for them. And I think Miami is a team that is going to expose that, Hey, to win a championship, it's never easy. It's always got to be a little harder than what you've seen. So everyone turned on MPJ now is what Sunny says. No, we've literally just said that there were other guys that were responsible. We singled out KCP. We've talked about Jamal. Both those guys were really awful. Like the list of good NBA of good Nuggets players tonight is a short one. It's basically Aaron Gordon, like Nicole Yogic, Aaron Gordon, yeah. Bruce Brown, maybe Jeff Green ish. And like, that's it. Yeah. They had three stars that played pretty, pretty poor games tonight. Um, on the other side, I want to ask you about coaching because I think it's an interesting question to at least ask uh, and have some discussion on as well as we'll talk about what they need to fix in game two. I've got some thoughts on the switching stuff that they're having a real, real uh, issue with as the series goes along. We'll do that when we come back. On we got we to stop doing shows at night. <laughs> Next game, we're doing the show in the morning, man. Why? This place is crazy. Yeah. We're right back on Lockdown Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us after a loss in the NBA Finals. Series now shifts to Miami. Uh, Denver has lost three times in the NBA playoffs. All three were on the road. However, they do have a winning record on the road. So there's that. Um, okay. So I want to ask you this. How much... I'm willing to say that, that Spo made enough adjustments that worked to say that he won the coaching matchup tonight. How much do you think that played a part in this game? I mean, here's the thing, man. Jokic came to the podium. Jeff Green came to the podium. Jamal Murray came to the podium. All of them said it was our effort. Like, this isn't the coach throwing the players under the bus. This is the – and discipline. I mean, they all use discipline. Like, this isn't the players throwing the coach under the buses and the players, it, the players knew what it was, man. They didn't bring it tonight in their focus. You got to be focused. And, I, and Matt, 
They had nine days off. They came into game one. They dominated. They got up 24 points, and they won the game comfortably. I just think that this was a little bit of a – they hadn't lost for 27 days, Matt. Nuggets have not lost for almost an entire month in the playoffs, in the toughest stage, and they hadn't lost. I just think this was a little bit of a reminder game, a little bit of a reminder that, hey, this can turn on a dime, and it's actually really hard, and the team was a little – up. so this idea of like, okay, they put Kevin Love in the starting lineup. I'm curious to go to the tape and really see how that made impress, uh, you know, how that affected the game because he was what a plus 18 tonight, which is, you know, obviously a huge outlier. Um, Michael Porter didn't get shots. I, I know there there was a stat I saw that said Jokic tonight threw the fewest passes and the fewest percentage of passes that led to assists. That's an alarming number. So I want to go back to the tape and look at those things. All of these things are big, but to say that Malone got out coached or Spoke got out coached. The Nuggets were up. The Heat were the t- the onus was on them to make an adjustment. Denver lost by three in a game that, as you mentioned, Denver made a million mistakes that led to that. So, for me, Spolster is a great coach. They needed to make adjustments. They made one. Now it's Denver's turn. I think it's all fair. I think that's that's pretty well said. Um, let's about the Jokic thing. So I was ready to like go to the wagon defending. Let's go to the wagon. A phrase. I'm like Zach Lowe now. Circle the wagons. Um, yeah, I was ready to circle the wagons on Jokic and the idea of like making him into a, a like a scorer not working because I was like they had a 124 offensive rating and I said that over and over and over again. But then the individual numbers came out which weren't available when I did a bunch of the post game stuff and the Nuggets had a 110 offensive rating when Nikola was on the floor tonight, which as we mentioned is really really low um, for the standard that he kind of sets for the team and. I don't have like, you decided those numbers in terms of the passes leading to assists that like that kind of leads to it. I think the reality is is that the Nuggets did not make enough shots to break them of their habits or get them to shift out of it. And the Nuggets have not been able to find or weren't able to find in game two the same kind of opportunities they had in dominant. Like Nicola battled in this game and was great but he wasn't able to control the game the way that he's capable of, which is what he was in game one. If Nikola Jokic is a minus 11 and he had was, I thought he was good on both ends of the floor tonight. I thought he was good defensively. I thought he was good offensive, a great offensively, obviously 40 points. If he's a minus 11 and that happens, you're not going to win. Like there was not like not going to win that, that first half spurt from the bench got them into a good position to win this game because like that was an outlier. You talk about like the heat outlier shooting. How much of an outlier is it that Jeff Green's got like a plus 22 midway through the third quarter, right? So there's something there that they're going to have to solve for. And it's not the zone because the numbers against the zone are actually better than the man defense tonight. Um, yeah. But I do think that there's something that they're going to have to figure out with how they are taking away passing angles and what they're doing there. Joe Pollock brings up the best point. In a sub-90 possession game, remember, this was 86.5 uh, pace tonight. 86.5. So in sub-90 possession game, five turnovers will drop your offensive rate, uh, floor rating into the gutter. To me, this would happen. If I do this, the Nuggets, the game started 10-2. to 2. Denver didn't score. And it was kind of sloppy. Like, Denver was playing too fast, I thought, up and down the court and taking terrible shots. Jokic finally settled them down three minutes into the game. If you cut out the first three minutes of the game, Jokic 117 offensive rating. Now, you start to chop this stuff up. My point is, in a super, super small sample size, I just am not prepared to say that their defensive strategy like worked against Denver in that way. Denver just didn't score for the first three minutes of the game. They only had two points, and then after that, they played basically their season average 
um, it from 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 that perspective. Yoke, I do think can score a little bit better even on Bam. Like tonight in the third quarter, and then you know later as the game got going, I thought he was great. Early on, I think he can be a little bit more aggressive. But I the only thing about the make Jokic a score thing that I agree with is the rhythm of the game. And again, this is what I think Spolstra and the Heat are all about. How do we just make this game ugly? Because the uglier we make it, the better. And I do think that that's the one thing about the Jokic job. It's not that you don't that you can stop him or that he can't score enough. It's just that it makes the game different for the other guys and they lose a rhythm. Denver's going to have to overcome it. I actually think that's the challenge of this series. Denver's going to have to figure out a way to separate their defensive effectiveness from their offensive flow. I think defensively, um, a lot of their issues came on switching a lot more. In game one, I thought they did a really good job of tailing and trailing the Heat players. They switched a lot more actions tonight or they tried to, and they completely messed them up. Like Denver's communication on switches for a home game was disastrous. Like that was terrible. And that leads to a lot of your open threes and you open yourself up to the variance play. Right. Um, So like, again, I want to make it very, I want to really stress this, that while I think that 49% shooting is an outlier based off of what I know about basketball, it was allowed to occur because of defensive mistakes and lack of effort from Denver. And like, we talk about this all the time at the mental side of this, like the, they weren't locked in. They just weren't, they weren't flying around the court. They were getting lost and miscommunicating. Like there was, I singled these out to Ryan Blackburn who was sitting with me tonight. There was two sequences where MPJ made decisions and defensive coverage that had his teammates looking at him in mid play. Like, what are you doing? Like, what, what are you doing? Like, why are you here? Like they just, and Malone called this out post game too. This team has been great at KYP. Know your personnel. That's the biggest strength of Denver. That's their biggest strength is that they do not lose track of the stuff of of who they should be guarding. How they may not defend that player in the way that's best, but they don't lose. They don't make mistakes in terms of like leaving what great shooters wide open or blowing the assignments in terms of the attention to detail stuff. And they made those mistakes all night long. And Miami consistently gets teams to do this, which is a credit to them. I don't know. I, I'm not smart enough to know how. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not smart enough to know how they do it. But they continue to, to keep doing it, which is another thing they deserve credit for. But that's these are all things that I think are really important going into Game Three. Is like <clears throat> Denver's gonna have like I'll just say this right now. Denver's gonna have to play either in Game Three or Game Four. They gotta get one. They're gonna have to play the best defensive game that they've played in the playoffs. Period. End. Dot. They're gonna have to. Yeah. And that's a good thing, man. I mean. I think my energy is a little different, I think, than yours and everybody in the chats right now. It's kind of funny. Like, this was, to me, uh, just like a glass of cold water on the Nuggets, right? They've been on fire. They had won seven in a row. It was great. And this was a reminder that, hey, no, you have to do all the little details. So, for me, this is a game that is not surprising and not – I don't want to say not concerning, but it's like, hey – it's the finals, man. They're going to make you do this. This is what Miami does. They're going to make you have to look in the mirror and address the parts you do. But to your earlier point, I do agree with you with the big picture, which is that – Denver has a margin for error in this. This was a horrible game from them. There was a horrible game, and they were right there. They almost tied it with the last second three. So yep. this is a game that if Denver does look in the mirror, and, and I see people saying everybody going to you know blame Michael Porter. This is why it's a bad culture. Guys, this is what good teams do, man. I, I, the mentality difference between like the regular person and an NBA athlete, I think, is I think it's underappreciated. You have to be able to take criticism. You have to be able to take like – tough tough you know tough situations and tough scenarios the nuggets have a great culture they've been connected all year and now they face adversity and they have to go on the road to steal home court again i think it's a great story 
I mean, I appreciate your perspective on it. I think for me, it's the the loss have coming at home is concerning because it's such a big advantage and they've lost home court. Like the, one of their big advantages in the series was like, well, they have home court and now they don't. Right. And like, I know that you and I both believe like they can win in Miami. They absolutely can. But, and I'll go ahead and say, I think they will. But now like their margin for error to win the series has decreased. It's not zero, but it's gone down. Right. Like Miami's in the series. If Miami gets even wilder outlier performances in three and four. They might, you know, by the way, they might. they might. Like they actually have those in the playoffs. They have a game, let me see, 60% three-point yep. shooting. And yep. they have a 54 and a 51 and a 50. Yep. yep. In the playoffs. This is their fifth best three-point shooting game of the playoffs. Yep. They might just, I mean, I said, that, I said this over and over and over again before the series. I said it over and over again. I was like, if the Heat shoot 45% from three or better, they're going to win the series. Like they will. They will shoot better. The irony of their three worst shooting games come at home. Three of yeah. their four best shooting games came on the road. So maybe it's, thank God they're going to Miami. Um, I just feel good. Like, look, I mean, this is a, it's a good story. I, I, one sentiment I've actually heard from a lot of people, Matt, at the bar, you know, just talking to different people was, it's kind of weird. This run's been kind of easy. It hasn't felt the way I thought. Like, this might be a little blessing in disguise, you guys. Like, this might be a little it's reminder. It's supposed to be really stressful. It's supposed to be very scary. It's supposed to well, be just like... the, the payoff is often equal to the stress. And, you know, sweeping the Lakers was fun. Let's not kid ourselves. But this series maybe provides us a little bit of something different from this team. And that is, hey, we have we get a moment of uncertainty here. I appreciate your perspective on it. I think it's really good perspective. I think it's good for you to have. Like, I, I am always really bad at like you talk about the, the night of reactions. I'm really bad at night of reactions. I try and always like, it's, it's one of the reasons I think my takes are always better when we do the morning shows, but we want to get them out tonight because it's the finals. But everybody's like, doing, everybody's wanting, wanting it right away. I, but, and I will say, Matt, also rewatch every coach will tell you this rewatch is so important. And this is me coming with a reaction from the arena with the chaos of being at the arena and everything else. And I'm excited to get into tape and for tomorrow's show to have more detailed sort of the, the playoffs really are all the subtle things matter a lot. And I'm excited to kind of get into the subtleties. Are you, are you, is there, are you telling me there's a chance you'll feel worse after you do the tape? Oh, for sure. Yeah, of course. That's that's the irony of it is, yeah, you never know. Sometimes you go in and you feel way better and sometimes you feel way worse. I got the, two more things I want to talk about before we get out of here. One, I, I do want to go and kind of go back to this because Oso keeps bringing it up. The MPJ sucks tonight for sure, but the scapegoating is wild. It's accountability, man. Like, I don't tell you, the Nuggets lost a game and MPJ was the worst player on the floor. Like, I'm sorry. I, people want to give him a break because he's so talented, but like, this, this is what comes with it, man. He's a max player. He's a max contract player. This is what comes with it. Like, sorry. And if you want to be like, yeah, but what about this, that, and the other? The other guys weren't as bad. I don't want to tell you. If Jamal was worse, I would, I would be hunt. I would be way more on Jamal. And Jamal was bad, but he wasn't. Jamal that bad. was really bad, though. I actually think he deserves a lot of. I mean, this was a bad game from Jamal. For sure, a hundred percent. Bad defensive effort from him. Yeah, I mean, even like you look at the offensive side of it too. Like Jamal, uh, in this game, what do you have in this game? He finished with 18 points on 15 shots. 7 to 15 from the floor is not bad, but it's not awesome. Um, 10 assists, though. He keeps racking them up because he keeps dishing to Jokic. Um, the other thing I wanted, wanted to talk about was, uh, oh, the illness stuff. So MPJ, or Gordon doesn't talk after the game, not feeling well. Um, we don't know like, what the deal is. It may have been as simple as like, Aaron, I will say, in my experience covering the team this year, no one has taken losses harder than Aaron. 
regular season playoffs, anybody like they all take it. They all take it. Like this team knows that what the opportunity in front of it, they're professionals. Like they take it, but like, there's also like a lot of like, well, you know, onto the next one. Right. Like that's how you gotta be as an NBA player. Like Aaron has, has taken losses hard. Like Aaron, I think feels a, a very big sense of responsibility to win. And so that may have been the cause. However, if he is sick, I will just say that Robert Williams was throwing up in game seven. Caleb Martin was questionable with an illness and felt like absolute garbage, according to multiple reports. And now Aaron Gordon is sick. And so, like, I'm just kind of curious if the Heat uh, injected themselves with the bubonic plague in order to win game seven and then defeat the Nuggets. It would, that when they, when Spo talks about suffer, 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 that's actually what they're doing is they're actually, they're actually giving themselves malaria. To then give the opponents and, and defeat them, Adam. That would explain a lot. Heat, of this. heat culture is actually bacteria. It's actually bacterial, a bacterial warfare culture. Uh, more, more like cultures in a test tube. Um, all right. So you you're calling it now. You think they win one of the one of game three and game four? Yes. You think we're two two going back? No. no. You think they're not going? You think they're not going down three one? Okay. I think I think we're gonna feel better in game three. Like I, again, I think this was a wake up call. I think they might have needed it. It's easy to forget, but Denver has played now two games in what thirteen days, fourteen days. Like this was a good reminder. They hadn't lost in twenty seven days. It's a good reminder. Denver will eventually win, but Coach Malone will remain, who is the biggest hole on the team. Three wins away from a championship, and I still can't get folks to leave. There's never. I'm honestly, Matt. The real truth is of all of this is that this whole journey has taught me that there's. It's the Mad Men quote. What is happiness? It's just the thing before another. You need more happiness. That's look. Yeah, I just know we're gonna have the same conversation. They win this year. Same conversations next year. I can't wait. Uh, I like this from David Nelson. We need to taste our own blood. I like that because it's kind of accurate. They haven't gotten smacked in the mouth yet. They got hit in the mouth tonight. They got hit in the mouth, and they'll have to see how they respond. Uh, I think they'll right. respond well. They're a tough team, man. They didn't. They weren't tough tonight, but they are a tough team, and I think they'll respond. All right. Let's go wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, I'm heading to Miami tomorrow, so Tuesday morning show will be with me from the hotel in Miami. We'll uh, get you set for reactions going forward we'll talk a little bit more about game two what they need all those type of things no media for nuggets tomorrow so we won't hear from them uh until tuesday uh i'll have reactions for you after that game with uh, what i learned at media day in miami as the series now shifts to south beach we'll talk to you again soon thanks for joining us make sure to check out dmvr give us those five star reviews for locked on nuggets right tomorrow as i'm at more we'll see you guys again next time on locked on nuggets